Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details. From the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, here's what's new today. I see really significant transformations in my students, even behavioral transformations. My students uh, often say that they can really just focus, they can, they can spend time with themselves, they can clear their mind. I'm Scott Yates, photographer and multimedia journalist with the Rockford Register Star. This show is where we meet the artists who make our community a more beautiful place. This week, we meet Jason Judd and Iga Puhalska, co-founders of New Genres Art Space in Rockford. The space opens for the first time on Saturday, July 20th, and Jason and Iga are here to tell us why they started it and what it will do for Rockford. They each have an extensive background in art creation and education. They've held roles in galleries and universities in Utah and Illinois. The two met while working at a gallery outside of the city, and since then they've returned to Rockford to raise their two-year-old child closer to family. It's here they hope to make the dream of an art space possible. Iga and Jason were kind enough to take a moment last week to visit the Register Star newsroom for this podcast. So let's drop in on our conversation now. New Genres Art Space is a digital and experimental art space happening in downtown Rockford. New Genres Art Space will begin programming classes, workshops, hosting exhibition and artist residencies, spearheading the Rockford Visual Art Archive, and developing a digital media art collection, all starting in July. The first exhibition is opening on July 20th, which also is the grand opening for the space in general down there at the Nordloff Center in downtown Rockford. That's the rundown. But to start, Jason and Iga, what compelled you to start this whole project in general? Well, thanks for having us, Scott. We appreciate yes, it very you. much. Um, it is a long story that I will narrow down, hopefully, to uh, a, a minute here. We are um, a, a, a married couple. Uh, we met in grad school, and I'm from Rockford, so Rockford is my hometown. Uh, a lot of great memories. Family still lives here. A lot of friends still are here. Um, Egan and I met in grad school, and after grad school, uh, came back to Rockford, where I worked at the Rockford Art Museum, um, and Iga worked at Children's Home and Aid and at uh, for Mike Workle, yeah. uh, a new startup animation company here in town. Uh, while we were here, we 
wanted to pursue our social interest in art, right? So we developed a a, a community-based uh, public art event called Parade. And um, I think that was a turning point where we were like, we need to follow this through. And maybe that looks like an art space or an art center. And we didn't really know when. And Well, and... At that point, we really didn't have resources uh, to create an art space. Uh, we were fresh out of grad school. We didn't have any professional experiences at that point, so we had to go and get them. Um, Jason became a curator at ISU's um, gallery, and I taught animation there. Um, so there... After we went to Utah, where I uh, spearheaded an experimental animation program, and Jason took over a gallery. So um, that led us, I mean, that was a really incredible experience. Um, we lived in this amazing state, surrounded by beautiful landscapes. Uh, we had amazing jobs. I uh, I was surrounded by really phenomenal students and colleagues, um, but we also quickly realized that we cannot raise our two-year-old away from our families. So we decided to come back and make the, the dream of the art space possible here in Rockford. So back to the, to the origins. So welcome back to Rockford, and thank you so much for bringing your passions and experiences back to your hometown, Jason. New Genres Art Space has uh, so much planned in the works here, and you have uh, uh, released to the world already an outline of your plans here. And so my hope for the this upcoming conversation is essentially just a bullet point to go over bullet point by bullet point each one of your your wonderful ideas here. Let's start with the Rockford Visual Art Archive. The Rockford Visual Art Archive will be a partnership between New Genres Art Space and the Rockford Public Library. It will focus on actively maintaining an open archive of current and past Rockford area artists and art events. In full disclosure, that's uh, pretty much verbatim what you've already written and uh, published out into the world on your website. Why do you see a need for this type of organization and partnership with the library here in Rockford? Um, we believe that, you know, the new genres art space, when we say experimental, when we think about progressive, we think about sustainability, we think about archiving, and we think about our role directly to the community. Um, and specifically the art community. Um, <clears throat> throughout the uh, throughout my experience down in uh, central Illinois, I worked a lot with students. I've always been uh, active in grassroots uh, alternative galleries, alternative art criticism, things of that sort. Um, and this was really uh, it came came about thinking about the, the work that 60 Inches from Center in Chicago does with uh, the Chicago Art Archives. 
and uh, Tempest Hazel has been a huge influence on me and Iga, um, and they really advocate. Uh, they really go out and hit the ground, get materials from artists for the library, and we thought that was so important and such a great collaboration that when it came time for us to um, open our own space, that was a way that we could actively archive um, anybody who, who wanted to be to be archived. Mm-hmm. And to bring it back to the partnership, why partnership with the library, that goes back to how our existence came to be, really, uh, because we are partnering with the library from the get-go. So we're privileged enough uh, to work with them. Uh, We teach classes for the library. Uh, We create events for the library. Um, And we have their full support. We, We are very privileged for them to understand that um, our mission is aligned with their new mission and what is going to become the new library. It's important to keep these ephemera, right, this material that tells our story, these uh, primary resources is what it is. And I think that works in a couple ways. One is when I was working at the Rockford Art Museum, I saw this video of Doc and Jerry from Courtman Gallery, and they were they were giving a tour. And Doug Connell uh, from um, Engine Studio was in charge, and, I, and it blew my mind. I was like, "What is this? And where does this tape live? And who gets to see this? And who's in charge?" Um, that is an example of something that we're really interested in 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 taking on. Let's back up a little bit, and and just for the uh, regular folks like me out there, what is the difference between an archive and a collection? So when you were just uh, speaking, Scott, we have uh, two separate and distinct programs, and one is the the Rockford Visual Art Archive, um, and the other is the Digital Media Art Collection. So that collection is this um, this kind of reincarnation or this other way of collecting. So the Rockford Art Museum has a you know incredible collection. Um, I I know because I I had the privilege of working with the collection for about two years. Uh, I also worked with the collection from Illinois State University uh, as a curator. Um, and the the question always is what is the best practice of archiving right so these institutions these organizations um exist to house art for generations right so when i teach an art history class we talk about how you need a stable economy you need a stable um system system of governance you need um also institutions to house these objects for the future and I think what we asked ourselves is, how do we create a collection that doesn't take up physical space, that also asks of us, what are the best practices of keeping digital art? And what does that mean? How do you keep, all right, all right, what's an MP4 file? How do we store that? Is it physical and on the cloud? What if it's a virtual reality file? So are you going to have racks and racks of computer memory storage uh, on your walls. How does that even look when somebody walks into the space there? Right now we have four pieces of 
digital art in our collection. So it's pretty manageable. Um, we hope that our collection grows and we will have a need for racks and racks of external hard drives. Um, right now, it all lives on one hard drive and on um, online. So we, we do hope that um, eventually our collection grows um, and our need for, for space does as well. Uh, to bring it back to how archiving goes. So our archiving event is when we ask uh, local artists and public for actual tangible physical artifacts. So for example, uh, postcards from exhibitions, uh, essays, resumes, and we will have a, a tangible physical folder where we, where we collect all of those um, artifacts. Thank you for that wonderful information, and we'll be able to share the details of archiving and collection with uh, your um, with our listeners by going to the link to your website in the description of this podcast. Moving on here, we've got m- way more to talk about. Let's talk about the Artist in Residence program. Rockford-based artist Javier Jimenez is going to be your first artist in residence. Jimenez will use New Genres Art Space's equipment, space, and skills for a whole year that will culminate in a time-based or experimental solo exhibition. Does that mean he gets to use uh, your stuff for free in the studio to just paint on the walls here? What what does this mean? Uh, Throughout the year, we're hoping that he creates more time-based or experimental works. So though it might include huge murals on our our walls, absolutely, but um, we will... I guess we'll see where where he takes it. Um, we we are pushing for the elements of experimentation and time because that's that's uh, a part of our mission. But uh, really, we'll take the 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 lead of the artist. Wonderful. We we don't need to spend too much time on this because Javier is already booked as my next guest on the podcast, and I want to use that time to hear in his own words everything about his art, his history, and how he relates to New Genres Art Space. Um, but again, for more information on the New Genres Art Space residence program, uh, go to the description of this podcast and click on the link to their website to learn all about that. So listeners out there in podcast land, stay tuned for next episode with Javier Jimenez. Let's move on here. Let's talk about exhibits, uh, exhibitions, and shows that you've got coming down the pike here. You will host three exhibitions a year starting this fall, then spring and summer exhibitions. Uh, You'll focus on exhibiting underrepresented artists working in digital or experimental mediums. So while your first artist in residence, Javier, uh, will be creating stuff, you will already have uh, two other shows go on. The first will be in the fall by Swedish-American artist uh, Woman Working in Sound and Video. And the second will be up in the spring of 2020 by a man working in uh, what I can briefly describe as 3D modeling, video, and sound. Why is it important to build a roster of diverse 
people and shows. We live in a complicated time uh, where we witness a dialogue about who is allowed to show in museums and galleries, whose work is valid and validated, um, who are the, the people who decide on, um, on, on those decisions, right? And we made a very conscious decision to, to show people who traditionally uh, don't have as broad of an access uh, as people currently showing in museums and galleries. I think also we think of ourselves as a platform, right? We think of our experience, um, our education, um, our connections as uh, a, a privilege, right, to create this platform um, and to give that platform to creatives who uh, can make what they make, represent themselves how they represent themselves. So you've already sort of touched on your inspirations here behind making art and creative expression more accept, uh, accessible to the everyday person in Rockford. One thing I want to touch on are the classes and workshops that you'll be organizing. Uh, that seems to be a vehicle by which you make art and expression and access to these institutions acceptable or accessible to folks in Rockford. Um, to put it uh, bluntly, what's in it for a family with kids, say, who are struggling to make ends meet or who are struggling to fight off bullies in the street? That's just a fact of, uh, uh, of life for a lot of residents everywhere, Rockford included. I mean, I think it, it goes with the idea of art and um, for me specifically animation being transformative. I myself found animation to be this incredible tool of self-expression, of linguistic expression, emotional expression. Um, and in my students, I, I, I I've heard voices that it is a great outlet and great ex escape, right? So not only that it, it has those therapeutic qualities, but also um, gives sometimes more, more tangible escape, right? So my students often go on to, uh, to, to study animation in college. Uh, they, they gain skills. They get actual um, kind of tangible skills that um, not only improve their academic performance and in turn make them more hireable as a result. So it has this, this dual um, effect, per se. Um, and I really think animation is magical, right? I see really significant transformations in my students, even behavioral transformations. My students uh, often say that they can really just focus. They can, they can spend time with themselves. They can clear their mind, right? So those are all uh, things that, yeah, in a society that maybe um, 
is struggling with with bullying or or other difficult situations, everyday situations, they might seem secondary, but in in our opinion, um, you know, they're the little steps that an individual can take um, to 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 kind of cope with with those everyday um, issues. And I think it's important to point out uh, two things. One quick is. As an art, new genres art space, we see education totally integrated as maybe the most major part of the art experience and not as a secondary workshop, right? And not as secondary class that um, infiltrating uh, our community with our passion and our skills is something that um, is, is, is very important. Uh, the, the second thing is this isn't you know, this feel good, we have a great idea story. Iga um, went back to get a second uh, master's degree in art education at the Art Institute of Chicago. And after her first degree in animation, she went back, she, she, she wrote her thesis working with um, students in um, – nonprofit community centers and homeless shelters uh, and spent two years doing real on-the-ground research with this. Uh, and that's kind of what spearheaded this whole educational program that we're starting. Fantastic, guys. Man, we are covering so much ground here, more than I ever planned on before. So you guys are a font of information. It's wonderful. Um I've got two more big points to cover. Uh, we're going to try to wrap this up here. Um, this whole entire conversation, though, has been about the future of Rockford's art scene. But I'm going to just put this question to you bluntly. Where do you guys see Rockford's art scene going in the future? Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's already huge, right? It's it's thriving. There are so many different uh, institutions and organizations that um, – already exist, uh, so many wonderful creators and creatives. Um, and I, I think being in such a close proximity to, to Chicago, I think Rockford is going to be an extension of Chicago art scene. I disagree. <laughs> and uh, I disagree with Iga uh, because I have dealt a lot in my research and, and my curating with art communities outside of large metropolitan areas, right? And with the advent of the internet and with um, artists being disenchanted by, you know, the, the old tired idea of moving to New York and making it and what does that mean, right? That community of Rockford size, right, and the energy uh, has the potential to really be a microcosm. And these microcosms you see, you know, kind of popping up all over the place. Uh, and we as new genres, I feel, uh, and I, we both feel, um, we fill a need. And we're very happy that we get to fill a need. We get to fill a niche that hopefully Rockford didn't even uh, know existed. You need to be as nimble as those um, art collectives or entities but you need to have the sustainability of a museum. And that's kind of where new genres comes in. 
Okay, I agree, but I will say that I wasn't implying that artists from Rockford are moving to Chicago. Uh, it's vice versa. I think Chicago scene with move to Rockford with its growing art community. I know that's uh, the hope that Laura Gomel and Jenny Matthews have for their collective, 317 Art Collective, over there on Market Street. Um, they they really want to uh, steal the thunder from Chicago, the nearby town of Chicago, and, and uh, really give them a run for their money here in Rockford. I've, I've learned here through the course of this conversation, if I let you guys talk long enough, you're just going to answer all my questions. Yeah. And, <laughs> and while that's more. wonderful, I, nobody gets to hear my dulcet <laughs> voice here. So, um, uh, but again, I want to just put a fine point on your last um, uh, point of the future of art in Rockford here uh, by asking this, how else can our cultural gatekeepers and our elected officials foster a thriving art scene here in Rockford? Uh, we, we are not in business of criticizing. That's really, you know, the bottom line. Um, and I think they are doing a lot, right? Um, I think through supporting Rockford economy, uh, through trying to revi revitalize uh, downtown um, or through, you know, even beautifying the city. They're, they're doing it. Um, they're, they're putting pressure on, um, on not just survival, right, as it was for some time, but um, on, on making Rockford really, uh, really attractive, to, to people from out of town and to, to population here, right? So I think they're doing it already. And um, I mean, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to answer this question. It's a, it's a hard question, Scott. <laughs> well, you'll be around long enough to explore the answer to that. Right. And you're off to a great start here. So I, I, uh, let's leave that question unanswered and just strive to make, uh, make it easy for everybody here in Rockford. To bring this interview to a close, I love to end on a happy, fun note by trolling the Instagram feed of all of my guests here for a uh, photograph that just demands a story to be told behind that. So I have pulled up your Instagram account at New Genres Art Space, all lowercase letters, one word. And I've scrolled down. First of all, there's not a whole lot here because you guys are new. Um, We're about to open. You're about to open, and we'll, <laughs> we'll get that uh, get to those details in a second here. But I've scrolled down to a post you've made uh, on July 2nd. It uh, pictures a green grid in a darkened room. I can see a ladder off to the side. Uh, looks like an old classroom that's turned into a scene from the movie Tron. Uh, the caption is uh, pretty expansive here as i'm scrolling down it just goes forever mm -hmm. but i'm going to turn this around to you guys here's this picture here what is going on there so we are in the midst of installing our inaugural show uh from liza sylvester um third space and that show involves a, a an immersive two-channel video installation so two channel meaning two separate videos 
So those two separate videos are uh, projected full scale in this small, uh, not small, uh, moderately sized room, which is our space. Um, and in order to get these two videos to be projected just right on these two walls and to physically touch in the middle, which is uh, something that needs to be done per the artist, uh, you have to somehow map the space to see where to put the projectors, right? So what you see is this great Tron grid that I've been looking at for the last couple of days and fighting. Um, unfortunately, you will not see this Tron grid in the show. You will see something much better. <laughs> so this is very much a behind-the-scenes yes. look at what you guys are doing there. So that's one of the benefits of... Uh, Following you guys on Instagram, you'll be posting some behind-the-scenes shots of, of what it takes to produce this whole shebang. Absolutely. Yep. Great. Well, Jason and Iga, it's been a huge pleasure having you guys on the show here today. Rockford's art scene has a new friend in town. It's called New Genres Art Space, and its grand opening is Saturday, July 20th at the Nordloft Center in downtown Rockford. Again, you can find a link to all their information in the description of this podcast. Jason and Iga, thank you so, so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Scott. For more from the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, go online at rrstar.com.